Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and a merry, merry, and blessed Christmas to you. It's Christmas Eve if you're listening Saturday, and it is Christmas Day if you're listening on Sunday. And if you're listening on the podcast version one week after, well, a belated Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to get together with me today. And as you know, we get together on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147 at 11 a.m. Saturday Eastern Time and then again an encore on Sunday at 6 p.m. And that is Eastern Time also. And uh, we're going to have a special show today. It's not going to be anything technical. It's Christmas, a wonderful, blessed time of year for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to chew the fat with you guys because you're my kinfolk. You're my people. And I'm so blessed to have every one of you listening. And I want you to know that I sincerely, sincerely honor that, that you spend your time with this guy, the guy with the New Jersey accent from Cat Swamp Road. So we're just gonna we're just gonna uh, talk today on the show. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a monologue, right? Because I'm talking to you, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what's going on, and I'm gonna share a little bit about uh, you know over the over the past two years. Actually, we're gonna be starting the third year, two years under the belt for Farm Machinery Digest Radio. How quickly that flew! January second, uh, two thousand and twenty-one was the first airing of it but your people are curious about me but i am more curious about you so i'm going to make a deal with you i'm going to tell you a little bit about myself today and i'm going to tell you a little bit god willing about where i hope for the show to go in the next year and how you need how i ask for you to not need ask for you to be involved with it right so i will do that but the caveat because the deal is a quid pro quo you got to do something is that as time goes on i want to learn more about you i just don't want a pin in my map and i'm so thankful for that we're going to discuss that in a minute or so but i want to know about you and i want to know about your farm your family your life your animals your children your cars your tractors everything so i am more curious about you than you are about me and rightfully so right so uh but the first thing we need to do is i need to give out some pins in my map and as i said the past couple of weeks i was out of sync with my podcast because my person that posts my shows for me to podcast was on vacation in new zealand with her husband so i wanted to keep everything in sync so uh, there are a number of people that I'm going to announce that have blessed me with a pin in my map. And if you're new to the show, if you listen to the first for the first time, what I ask for you to do is reach out to me. Let me know where you listen from. And if you want a little bit about you and what that does is get you into not only enriches me, but gets you into the contest to win a hot rod farmer license plate. And as I always say, the reason why I want to know about you is because I want to better serve you with, I want to have content that is going to bring value to you. And also I am very interested in learning about you. So uh, I thank you for that. And to give me a pin in my map, all you have to do is go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com and fill out the form there it says for hot rod farmer license but you get involved in that as soon as you contact me all right and then i get a pin in my map and i need to obviously know where you are listening from right you don't have to give me your your, your 
your street address or your road address, but I want to know, like, hey, Hackettstown, New Jersey. That's where I'm coming from. All right, so here are some pins. Now, I'm not. I'm only going to do five or six today or seven. I didn't count them uh, because I don't want to just have a, a roll call of names with pins in my map. So I know we'll, we'll, the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll introduce some more people. But if you did give bless me with a pin in my map, and it truly is a blessing, and you didn't hear your name today, don't worry about it, as we say in Jersey, that you will be announced, all right? So you definitely will be announced, and I am honored by it. So, okay, so who do we have here? We have Mr. Philip Crockett from Williamsburg, Virginia, Mr. Brian Patterson from Dand Ridge, Tennessee, Mr. Felipe Gill from Destinations Unknown. I tried to reach out to you, Felipe, but the email keeps bouncing back. Let me know where you listen from, please. Mr. Randy Bauer from Faribault, Minnesota. And if I pronounce Faribault correct, Mr. Tim Edelin from Brighton, Illinois. If I if I butchered your name, Mr. Edelin, Tim, I am sorry. Todd Neptune from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And Michael Johnson from Marengo, Illinois. Thank you so much for giving me a pin in my map, gentlemen. And it is was great taking that push pin and locating your towns more or less as close as I could get on this map. And put your name there but now we have to announce the winners of the books we had the three books the two cylinder john deere the farmer book and the international harvester truck book so everybody who contacted me for that contest uh got into the drawings and this was a random drawing so here they are all right so here are the winners all right for the john deere book two cylinder john deere that's going to mr philip crockett from virginia all right and then the far more book is going to mr brian patterson from tennessee and the international harvester truck book is going to to first lady winner phyllis Samanchik from great meadows new jersey so i need you i have your addresses but please uh just reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com just so i know that nothing has changed because some people go away they may go down south they may go someplace else for a vacation or something that i could delay sending the book to you if it's going to be laying along the side of the road uh, that the rural carrier is going to put it there so listen i want you to hold pat during the break and never forget that agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability and when we get back you're going to learn a little bit about the hot rod farmer agriculture is constantly changing so it's great to have a station to turn to each day to keep up on the latest in farming and ranching sirius xm's rural radio each weekday on ag phd radio we discuss what you need to know to make your crops healthy and profitable your money the market day report five hours of news that matters to rural america the lifeblood of information for farmers and ranchers sirius xm's rural radio the agribusiness and western lifestyle channel sirius xm 147 and on the sxm app the Cowboy Channel Bar on the historic Fort Worth Stockyards is the country's first bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch your favorite rodeo on one of the 11 televisions from the Texas Swing and the National Finals Rodeo. Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and the most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic speakeasy on the weekend. Located right under the famous Fort Worth Stockyard sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today. 
This week on Rule Radio, Channel 147. The 2022 PRCA season has come to a close. Join us all week long at 8 p.m. Eastern as we recap the final rounds of the National Finals Rodeo from the Thomas and Mac Arena in Las Vegas. On the undisputed leader for Western sports, Rule Radio, Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. Tune in this week to Rural Radio Channel 147 and listen anytime on the SXM app. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out, caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the Agribusiness and Western Lifestyle Channel. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And if by chance you missed the opening segment, which is certainly understandable, uh, we're just going to have a little bit of a, uh, a chit-chat today, right? We're going to chew the fat. Nothing technical, no education involved. It's Christmas, so we need to uh, just throttle back a little bit. And I'm also going to uh, uh, ask you to uh, contact me and let me know a little bit about your Christmas, your holiday, your farm, what have you. But as I said, that's the quid pro quo. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, and and please know that I am saying this very, very humbly, but I am no different than you are, and I listen to people on the radio, and I would like to know a little bit about them uh, beyond what I just hear through my speaker, and I know that a number of you are uh, are curious about how I got the name Hot Rod Farmer, how this all came about. So I will share that with you. And I want you to, I want to say right up front that this is by, that this show came about. Everything that happened in my life happened by the grace of our Lord because there was nothing was planned. It was, it was God's invisible hand in my life. So anyway, so let me get going. I I got the nickname in the in the area around the farm for being the hot rod farmer simply because we have a farm. It's a small farm. Uh, it's 100 acres, uh, so it's not a big operation. I mean, it's probably a, to a lot of my audience, that's not even a good sized garden, right? So, uh, and we've had the farm in my family long before I was born. We are of Ukrainian descent, so the, my name Bohax is a is a Ukrainian name, and in Ukrainian it is Bohach. So, uh, it's, and the Americanized version is Bohax. But I am second generation American. I bleed red, white, and blue. And uh, but my grandparents were all from the Ukraine. And then what it basically had happened is that many, many, many years ago. When my grandparents came here, they came into Ellis. They came to Ellis Island, came to the United States, this blessed nation, and they landed in Ellis Island and they came into New York City. And what it make a long story short, <clears throat> there was a Ukrainian, Polish, Slovak area in Manhattan. I have never been there to where it was, and I think they said it was on Seventh Street, wherever that is in Manhattan. I don't, even though our farm was like sixty miles from Manhattan, I'm not gonna say I've never been in Manhattan, but I don't know my, I know my way around Keokuk, Iowa, a lot better than I do Manhattan. So anyway, 
And there was a uh, a Polish, Ukrainian, Slovak section here, and that's where the people migrated to. And then what basically had happened, from what I understand, what was told to me, and who knows if it was embellished upon over the years, and as a young boy, I heard this story many, many times. But like anything in life, you know, you hear things, and when you're a kid, you, you listen to it, but you don't put the, the true value on it that you really shouldn't. My parents are both gone. Everybody is gone. So it's uh, there's no way for me to... Uh, to con- I don't want to say confirm this because I know it's true, but who knows if it was embellished. But uh, right church, wrong pew, maybe, right? So anyway, to make a- so what happened was that ev- the, the majority of people in that area of Manhattan, that Ukrainian section, uh, were all from a rural agrarian community over in the, the, the fatherland, the mother country, right over in Europe. So they were like a fish out of water in, in Manhattan in New York City. And then from what I was told, that there was a real estate agent up in this area, and he may have been, I don't know who he was, but he was probably Polish or Ukrainian or something, and he had a car, which was something to have back then, because we're talking many, many years ago, we're talking before the Depression, when my grandparents came here. Because we're not talking about 1950 or 60, we're talking about, you know, or, or just before the, or I guess it was before the Depression. My, uh, so... He came, and what he would do is that he'd come into this Slovak area in Manhattan, and he would talk to the people in the native tongue because they spoke broken English of even that, and they would come, and he would he would ultimately sell them a farm up here. So this whole area of Warren County, New Jersey, Hackettstown, Alamuchi, Great Meadows, had a uh, had a a lot of slovak people ukrainian and polish here you go to the cemetery where my parents are the names are 47th letters long you can't even pronounce them and a lot of the names are shortened our name is not shortened uh because bohax was a sh- is, is a short name so he sold them a farm and from what i remember from what i understood as little boy is that he either held the paper on the farm he held the mortgage on the farm or whatever you and what would happen is that uh He'd sell them a farm, and they would. It was the beginnings of the depression, and he would say to them, "Well, look, you come from a farm. You're in New York City. You don't know. You know, you go. You have. You know how to farm. You make, and you won't starve because that was. You know, food, they used the term food insecurity now, right? But you talk about food insecurity. There was food insecurity during the depression." Not like it is today. There was no welfare or anything, or, or soup kitchens or what have you. And uh, and these people came over from Europe, and they came over legally, right? They came, well, they weren't uh, swimming over, and so they ended up coming. And they, they he made a lot of sense to them, and they <clears throat> and they bought these farms. And my father, my grandfather on my father's side, uh, bought a farm on Shades of Death Road which is not too far from where our winner of the book, Phil Semanchik, farms, and Shades of Death Road. And I think my grandfather, I never knew my grandfather. He passed away before I was born. And um, I think they had 300 or 350 acres of what they would call here in New Jersey, muckland, the black soil. It was a swamp that was drained, so it was very, very rich black soil, and they would grow vegetables, and we'd call them a truck farm. And uh, and and ultimately, more or less at the same time, my uh, mother's family was up here. They didn't know each other when they were here, believe it or not. And uh, my mother's fa- father had died uh, 
at a young age, as my father's mother did, and my on my mother's side, their, my mother's maiden name was Demchuk, the E-M-C-H-U-K, and my grandmother on my mother's side's maiden name was Zwarich. So, uh, and I don't know if that was shortened or not, but it was Zwarich. So anyway, so Uncle Steve Zwarich, which was my mother's uncle, had a dairy farmer. He was a dairy farmer. So she somehow, my grandmother on my mother's side somehow contacted him. God knows how they did it. There was no telephones or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, contacted him and he said to her in his broken English, Mary, come here and live with your children here on the farm because there's no place for your husband died. There's no place for you to live in New York City. So that's basically happened. And then my father and my mother were both here, but more or less at the same time, but they did not know each other, which was really amazing because it was a very, very small community. And they both went to what was called Central School in Independence Township. And uh, But uh, they claimed they didn't know each other, but who knows. But what happened, though, was that my my grandfather on my father's side, who had about the 300 acres of the muck and the vegetables, so I come from a, a lineage of a dairy farmer, even though I never dairied, and a vegetable grower, right? So uh, that was on the Bohack side. So on the Demchuk side, dairy, and on the Bohack side, vegetables. And uh, my grandfather ended up losing the farm uh, just through the tail end of the Depression. And at that, so on my father's side, so at that particular point, this was an extremely rural area. It was a farming community. If you had no place to live, you had to end up going back to New York City. So they went back to New York City. My grandfather, uh, my father's mother died already. She was, he died, excuse me, she died when he was 14. So my grandfather and my father and his sister, which is my aunt, uh, went back to New York City because they lost the farm and my father uh, two stories my father had told me we've always been at we, we love all animals then my father remembers he had a horse and when they auctioned the farm that they uh that he remembers the horse being sold and the horse turning and looking at him and not understanding why he was being led away by someone else never to see my dad again and to the day my dad died uh in Hackettstown Hospital he would always bring that story back up and how it uh, moved him so uh so anyway so they went back to New York City I uh my father was drafted at the tail end of World War II and became a P-51 Mustang fighter pilot and then he was home on leave he never ended up going overseas. He never left the United States as a fighter pilot. It was the tail end of the war. By God's grace, and I mean this sincerely, he crashed uh, just before he was supposed to go overseas. They were in Arizona, Kingman, Arizona, and he crashed his Mustang in a sandstorm. A sandstorm blew up, and when he was coming down, he crashed, and the uh, the government took his... I, I, I shouldn't say they took his wings away from him because I have the wings and his leather fighter bomber fighter's jacket, but they uh, they grounded him, I guess. And maybe and who knows? Maybe it was his fault. They crashed. He never told me that. He said it was a sandstorm. But anyway, and they made him a line mechanic on a bomber crew, and uh, so he was a line mechanic on a bomber crew afterwards. But uh, what had happened was that you know it's it's how life works, right? How God works in such mysterious ways. Is that that crash probably saved my dad's life? 
and because his squadron went overseas and I think only one or two guys came back, even though it was the tail end of the war, it made no difference. It was the last day of the war, right? If he got shot down or if he got killed, he got killed. So, uh, And then what had happened was when he, when he was a line mechanic on the bomber crew, he came home to see his father, who was living now in New York City, and uh, he... Uh, met my mother at a Ukrainian church dance someplace in New York City in Manhattan. I guess that they always said 7th Street, so I don't know. Who knows what's the, what's there now? Probably nothing. Probably well, whatever. So he met her at a dance, and then they both started to talk, and they found out that they both had a lineage and a background uh, with this Warren County, Hackettstown, Great Meadows area. And so that is so that's how, what basically happened. And then I was a change of life baby because my parents were older. My sister and I were change of life babies. We got uh, my parents got married when they were older. And then uh, my grandmother was alive on my mother's side. Uh, I never knew my father's father, my grandfather. He died before I was born. I have a sister that's four and a half years older than I am and uh she vaguely remembers him but i never i never remember him and uh i don't remember him i have no i wasn't born so i have no recollection of him whatsoever and because of that they came to look they came back to this area they wanted to come back to this area and buy a farm and actually my mother's brothers two brothers uh one had polio and one had uh, uh rheumatic fever and so, actually, Warren County had them quarantined on Alifano Road. There was some old house. Well, my mother used to ride by and say, we used to say, oh, that's the houses that we were in. So it was Uncle John and Uncle Paul, which I never met. They died before I was born also. But they did, um, and I guess that's where I get my mechanical background from my father and from on my mother's side, because my mother's uh, two brothers, my uncle, the uh, they both went to Pratt Institute in New York City for mechanical engineering. And, and I mean, that was something back then for first-generation Americans to go to school like that and to get engineering degrees. And uh, and they both ended up working uh, out in Long Island, New York. At, there was a company called Sperry Gyroscope, but they always told me it became Sperry Rand, and I don't know if it still, I don't know if it still exists in that form. But Sperry Gyroscope, and they both worked on the Norden bomb site, which was actually uh, used to end World War II and to drop the bombs in, on Japan. So they say so they were both engineers on the Norden bomb site. So I guess my my love for mechanical things, my love for farming, my my patriotism all comes from the lineage of my family and uh and that is you know where i basically came from i wanted to uh i've always loved the farm our farm was never really quite large enough to make a full-time living from so we always had to have off the farm jobs and uh that kind of that that bothered me growing up because i just wanted to be a farmer but i was torn between two worlds i was torn between machinery mechanics cars loved cars still love cars but but i'm not just a car guy i love everything anything with an engine i got involved with drag racing and when i was in college i actually worked in the summer times for the national hot rod association i was a young kid but i got a job as a tech inspector and i used to go to the different races and it was the 
NHRA is broken up into many divisions on geographic areas, and it was the Division One, which was the Land of Ned, a Northeast Division. So I used to be a tech inspector, and then I remember I went and I did that for a few years during the summer. Was I think they paid you thirty dollars a day or something. It was more, but I had the cool shirt and I got to you know hang out. So it was I was a young guy. I was like 20, 19, 20 years old. So uh, so this was this was cool, cool as could be. So this farm kid doing this. And uh, and what what happened was that, but sadly, I stopped doing it probably about 1980, like four or five years, I don't remember the exact year, because a person that I, two guys that I tech inspected, they had a super gas Nova, and it was in English Town, New Jersey, that's now closed. And um, the... Uh, they didn't. I I did the the tech inspection as they came in, so it wasn't my fault. Uh, and I'm not saying that to cover myself, but it, it wasn't. But the person didn't have when they made their pass. They didn't have the seatbelt tight enough, and they uh, the car rolled over. I don't remember what. It was a beautiful super gas Vega, and it rolled over, and it rolled to the left. And because his seatbelt wasn't tight, his head went out a little bit out the window and crushed his head, and he got killed. And I never tech inspected again after that so that is how i got the name of the hot rod farmer but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to come back and we're going to finish up because uh i just wanted to find this up i want to ask you or tell you what's going to be going on and how you could hopefully get involved with it this urban ag report is brought to you by fmowheels.com the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. How can we resolve our insecurity for our food security when climate change is devastating our planet in new and unpredictable ways? How can we be sure that the current seasonal changes affecting our farms won't worsen? Aquaponic farming provides a solution for the future with possibilities ranging from small-scale urban farming to provide locally farmed food and balanced diets in urban food deserts to large-scale commercial farming operations like Superior Fresh Wisconsin, providing local, sustainable, and fresh food to wholesalers, restaurants, and grocery stores. The future is bright for aquaponic farming. New innovations in fish farming are giving us more options than ever before, like Superior Fresh's Wisconsin-grown North Atlantic salmon. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com. With industry-leading premiums, several delivery windows, and zero-basis contracts, your opportunity to profit with Benson Hill high-protein, non-GMO soybeans has never been better. Some Benson Hill soybean varieties are higher in protein right out of the ground, contributing to more sustainable food manufacturing. The majority of farmers in our program earn more per acre planting Benson Hill soybeans than commodity beans. Lock in your best premium on 2023 contracts while acres are still available. Visit BensonHillFarmers.com to earn more. RFD-TV is the number one source for market and commodity information as it happens. We focus on the stories that are important to farmers and ranchers across the country. Weekdays on Market Day Report, our team covers policy changes on the federal and state level. U.S. producers trust RFD-TV more than any other news source. So join us for Market Day Report on the TV, the app, and even Rural Radio 147 weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central on RFD-TV.
I'm sorry, guys. I went too long in these two segments. I only have like 70 seconds left. Uh, there was a super gas Vega. I said a Nova, I believe. I, it, was, it wasn't. It was a Vega that the guys got killed in, and I never forget that. But anyway, what I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to ask everyone in the audience to do for 2023, God willing, what I want to do is I want to get you more involved in the show. I want to, you know, I, I have only a knowledge of equipment and stuff, things that I work on here, but the I have such, we're blessed with such a large audience uh, in all aspects of agriculture. I want you to be involved with the show. I want to, I, so I want you to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com and let me know a little bit about you. And then I want to talk to you. And I want to also see if I could bring you on board and do an episode with you. So uh, listen, I'm running late. As always, I want to thank you so much. May you have a blessed, blessed Christmas and I want you to know that you guys mean the world to me and I want to thank you so much for listening. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. This is a Dairy Radio Minute. The lame duck session and the urgency to get some things accomplished before the end of the year, including this uh, appropriations bill. As has happened many times over the last decade, Congress is having to wait until right around the holiday season to wrap up an annual appropriations bill. The irony, of course, is that the fiscal year began on October 1st, more than two months ago, and so they've been kicking the can down the road on funding for the new fiscal year, 2023, until now. So it looks like as we're talking uh, on Wednesday afternoon, Bill, that in the next day or two, Congress is going to finish work on a $1.7 trillion spending bill to keep the government funded through September 30th of next year. Now, we were hoping it would include an immigration reform provision that would give dairy farmers the ability to use the H-2A visa program, which they cannot use currently. Chris Galen with the National Milk Producers Federation. Tune in to America's New Year's celebration Monday, January 2nd with the Rose Parade presented by Honda right here on the Cowboy Channel and RFD-TV. Wishing you the beauty, blessings, and joy this season brings from our family to yours. Merry Christmas from all of us here at RFD-TV and Rural Radio Sirius XM 147. Hey, this is Rob Keck, host of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we invite you to get that Christmas spirit started at Bass Pro Shops. And make sure you tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World every Saturday morning, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, here on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And from all of us at Bass Pro Shops, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year to all of you. And thanks for listening to Rural Radio.